And good morning. You just listened to our staple indie wake-up call. This is Life of Kingston on CFRC 101.9. A beautiful Wednesday morning here, 10 o'clock. You are listening either on the radio, because I guess we are a radio station, uh, on our mobile or desktop apps available on Google Play or the Apple Store or at cfrc.ca. You can just click play there. And then we're also available on Coach Google Cable channel 282. And this is being broadcasted out of Lower Crothers Hall, just here in Kingston, Ontario, on the Queen's campus. Awesome. I am Michael Ashton-Smith, and I am glad to have you here again with me today, this week. So, Life of Kingston, for those of you who don't know what it is, it's a segment that we're doing this summer and this summer only uh, for about eight weeks. And it's just covering arts and cultural events that are going on in Kingston, in your community, and we're doing this so that everyone else can, you know, see what's going on in Kingston and maybe get involved themselves. So uh, usually what we'll do is we'll recap uh, some events that happened last week with some interviews that I got there, and then we'll spring that forward into some things that are going on next week and maybe some, I guess, promotional interviews that I have with some people coming into the studio. So last week, let's start off, I guess, uh, just one thing that did happen. There were the National Pickleball Championships hosted here in Kingston. And pickleball, for those of you who don't know what it is, it's kind of a new sport. It's, I think it's one of the fastest growing sports out there today. And it's like a hybrid between tennis and ping pong and badminton. I think it's played on badminton-sized courts with these oversized ping-pong paddles that are more square-shaped, and uh, it's like a tennis surface that's played outside with a slightly lower net than a tennis net, and it's really easy on the legs, it's really easy to pick up, and I think that's why it's so fast-growing right now, but uh, there's some pretty high-intensity pickleball playing uh, here in Kingston this past Friday, and I think that went on throughout the weekend. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't get an interview with some of the players there, but you know, for those of you who are looking for a new hobby to pick up, by all accounts that I've seen, pickleball seems like a great thing to look into. Uh, other things that are awesome to look into are arts and culture, which is what we're going to be looking at now. One of the biggest things that happens in all of arts in Kingston is the Kingston Art Fest, which took place down at City Park this past weekend. It was the entire weekend, and thankfully we did actually get an awesome interview with Lori McDonald down there. And so just a little bit of background on what Art Fest is before we get into that. For those of you who don't know, uh, it's this awesome setup that spans the entire City Park and there's food, there are artisans making some cool crafts, jewelry, what name it, like there, I think there were art, uh, visual art, there were like textiles, there was food, there was even like sauces, some really cool sauces down there. Plenty of creativity in such a centralized space there. Uh, for those of you who weren't able to check it out, we do have this interview that we got with Lori McDonald, who is the organizer of Artfest Kingston. So check this out. 
And so welcome, I am here with Laurie McDonald, the producer of Artfest Kingston, and it is a beautiful Saturday afternoon. And welcome, Laurie. Thank you for having me here. Uh, so just a couple questions about Artfest Kingston. So when did this come together? Yeah, well, this is our eighth year. So uh, it's quite an amazing transformation from year one, to tell you that, when we first imagined it being here and what we started off with. And so do you want to talk a little bit about what that was, what it started off with? Yeah, well, remember the first year we came here, um, I don't know if you, anybody remembers uh, Fanfare. We were, used to have a big art and craft show here for 35, 30 years down at uh, uh, Confederation Basin. And Joan McGrath, who ran it, decided, you know, she retired, and all of a sudden there was going to be no more show. And the, some of the artists said, you know, why don't you take it over or run it? And I'm like, why don't I? Like, maybe. <laughs> but okay, so. So I thought I would start looking into it because I just started doing festivals. So I was, I was pretty, I was, you know, I, I wasn't, you know, I, I wasn't the producer I am today. I was still very naive and very new and, and just figuring things out. And honestly, like, probably luckily I, lucky I didn't have much of a clue what I was doing because if I really kind of thought about it, I probably would never would have done it. But, but uh, started looking into it and then, you know, I charged the city and they said, oh, no, you can't have it in the, that park. You know, and Joan didn't want me to name it the same, and I thought, oh my God, we have to move the show to a new area and rename it. I thought, is anybody going to go? I didn't, I didn't know if they would or not. And uh, so that's how I kind of started. So I phoned some of my artist friends and said, hey, if we move it to City Park and co rename it, you know, we, this is still in the story, will you come? They go, no, I'm not coming to that. No one will go there. I said, oh, okay. So I phoned a few more, and then I bought the number five I called. She said, yes, I'll come. And she said, you know what, and I'll help you, you know, I'll help you get the artists and we'll work together and let's make this happen. So that's kind of how it started. And I was hoping to have maybe 65 artists the first time for my first time. And I ended up having 125. So I was pretty excited and pretty proud that I actually was able to, to pull that off. And we, you know, we don't have the same number of people as we have now here, but it was a beautiful show the first year and a pretty good start. And so was that artists plus vendors or just artists alone? Just artists, yeah. And so has it grown over the years to include some more, I guess, commercial elements with some people bring in like food and music and all that stuff in addition to the art that's present at the festival? Yeah, that's one of the things that's really changed. The first year we only had artists here. In fact, the day we were setting up, I got a call from a band that was traveling in Canada from Australia called, um, I forget they were called, anyway. They said, can we come over and play at the festival? I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> so they came here and they set up in the trees and it was the most magical thing with the didgeridoos and all the instruments and everybody loved it. So I thought, okay, you know, we have to have music going forward. So that's how the whole music program started. And then, you know, I, you know, trying to get a food vendor for the, no one wants to go to an event that's new. Like, uh, no, we're not going. Especially Canada Day weekend. Everybody's got, you know, got their gig and they've got a good place to go. And I had to like beg and plead to get a food vendor here. Like, we need food. We're hungry, right? Anyway, now we have a fantastic food area, and uh, they they like coming here now. So, and that's amazing. And so there's quite a few people here today. Uh, most of them are probably here to support the local arts scene in Kingston. Um, so can you talk about the growth that you've seen in terms of just the foot traffic over the years? Yeah, well, you know, it wasn't an easy thing to do, and we worked really hard at it. I'll tell you that. Like I, we worked really hard to get people here. 
It's not something that's easy to do because every single town has a craft show, an art and craft show. Every single city does. Like, why go to Kingston for an art and craft show? So, my I had a bigger vision, and again, it came probably from my naivety, right? If I really thought it through, I would have thought you're crazy, right? But, uh, but I thought, you know what? What if we partnered with, uh, you know, Kingston Tourism and, you know, started, you know, pr promoting it as a tourism event? And that really, they liked the idea, and they were they've been behind me the whole way, and they've been a huge support of Art Fest Kingston. So that's one of the reasons why it's growing. Uh, the way it has. So when people come to Kingston, they and they're here for the weekend. Everybody seems to know about it. I mean, I've done all kinds of promotion for it, um, not just the, not just the you know the regular radio and the you know all these things we do. But um, a few years ago, we published a, a magazine about Art Fest Kingston, which was a crazy thing to do. Again, who makes a magazine about a show, right? I mean, it seems kind of weird. But I we decided it would be a good promotional piece. So we did that, and it was a lot of work. But then we. My partner and I, we drove all over Eastern Ontario and we dropped off those magazines everywhere. Cafes, restaurants, libraries, community centers, like every town. And I think that's one of the reasons why um, the show grew quickly because it looked like something different. You know, they wanted to say, you know, let's go check this one out. This, is, this looks a little bit different than most art and craft shows. And so you mentioned that you had about 120 vendors, or sorry, artists the first year, and that number's grown to... Yeah, we have 200 here this year. So that's yeah. 200 artists, plus quite a few vendors, plus quite a few musician acts. That's amazing to see that growth over the years. Uh, another question is, in terms of growth going into the future, what are, what are some plans that you have to grow this over the next couple of years? Well, right now the size of it's perfect, and it okay. seems to have a really good turnover. Like, you know, artists come from, artists, we have a lot of, a really strong local representation here of artists, but we have artists coming from all over Ontario and Quebec and the BC and stuff. So, you know, come artists come, they try it out for a few years, they leave, they come back, whatever, life changes for whatever various reasons. So we have a good, healthy turnover. So we've been steady at around this number for a few years, which I like. It's perfect for me to be able to manage. It's my kind of level. And uh, <clears throat> I wouldn't want to get any bigger. Uh, I am excited about one new feature we have this year, that, and this has been my dream for the last three years to have this feature, and that is having uh, adult workshops, uh, really fun, great, easy, you know, playful things to do and, and dive into and get your creativity stimulated and, and inspired. So this is our first year trying it. And uh, and it was hard to set up again. Like I, you know, I didn't really know, I've never sold workshops before, so that was a whole new thing. So it started off and my, my vision is, you know, imagine that we have Art Fest on, you know, the weekend, but people come maybe on the two days ahead of time and have, you know, two days of fantastic workshops and stay for the festival too and do all the fun of festivals. So that's kind of where I'd like to see us grow. So not make the festival bigger, just make it a more enriching experience for the visitors. And we're always, and, and you know, make it better. We're always improving things and, you know, upping our level as far as our music acts go and our, and our talent. And so that's where I see it going. Bigger, no, just, you know, more be better and more interesting. Yeah, lots of room to grow there. And so that's uh, one of the other questions I was going to ask you is about the activities here. There's, I see behind us, there's plenty of activities for children and there's plenty of activities for adults. Do you want to speak about what those workshops are and what people can do there? Yeah, sure. Like, you know, I, I'm a big, I'm an artist myself and I love uh, creativity and that's what inspires me. And I know what it feels like to, to create something new. Like, and it's very, very fun. And, uh, and that's what's motivated me my whole life. So I wanted to make sure that when people came to Art Fest, they didn't just walk around, look at great things. They had a chance to interact, and you know, to work on a mural, uh, paint, paint, get to the kids' place, go write a poem in the poetry art workshop. Uh, take we've done songwriting workshops here, 
we've had theater arts and, and costume making and puppetry and we've had all, all kinds of things. Stilt walking. We've had, uh, you know, teaching stilt walking here. So this time, with the art workshops, we've got, you know, uh, felting, like needle felting. We've got alcohol ink painting, which is really, really fun. Easy, too. So beautiful, the colors. Like, just really instant success <laughs> as an artist. And we've got uh, one fellow here, Richard Hutton, who's uh, uh, one of our exhibitors here. He's a high realism uh, artist. So, you know, everybody always looks and says, oh, God, I wish I could paint like that, you know. And they won't even try. There's no hope. But he actually has a step-by-step -step guide on how to get started. It shows you and unravels the mystery, you know. How do you ever do that? Well, this is, he knows how. He's step-by-step, what you can do. So there's, and there's jewelry workshops, and there's uh, sign-made crafting. Uh, macrame, which is a huge comeback. I mean, I just got rid of all my macrame books. Now it's like uh, it's coming back like crazy. So macrame. What is macrame? It's uh, basically making fancy knots into beautiful things. So and you can use uh, string and jute and colors. You can make you know planters and jewelry and and uh, towel racks and actually you can even make clothing if you want to be really risky. <laughs> and so it's looking like we have beautiful weather, at least for right now. Um, yes. <laughs> was, is that was that planned or is it always on Canada Day weekend? It's always Canada Day weekend. Yeah, always. And that's a bit of a tricky thing because sometimes Canada Day doesn't fall on a weekend, right? So, so next year was you know Canada Day's on Wednesday. So next year we're going to be uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So we'll be here four days. And so people, or I guess listeners of my show here, should absolutely be on the lookout for Art Fest 2020. Um, are there any, like you said, you had adult workshops planned for this year. In terms of next year, the things that you had planned is just bigger, better yeah, artists? More more workshops for sure. Um, and we've, we now see that it's a success. We, people are loving it. So that's our, that's our motivation to get, you know, okay, now we know we can build on that. But one thing that, I don't know if everybody knows about this, but you know, what's one thing that spawned out of our Art Fest Kingston summer event is our Christmas show. So we have a Christmas show in December in Kingston, a uh, Christmas craft show. So I would encourage everybody to come out to that. A lot of the same artists that are here are at that show and also a lot of new ones that they've never seen before. So we're there December 5th to 8th. So, and we're at the Sportsplex out at Westbrook. Awesome. So I think that's about all the time that we do have today. Thank you so much for your time, Laurie. It was a pleasure talking to you on the show. Do you have any last comments before we head off for today? Uh, just you can't miss our fest next year if you didn't get there this year. Come, make sure you come next year and see you at Christmas. Awesome, thank you so much. Okay. And that was amazing. So for those of you who didn't go down to Art Fest, it truly was wonderful how creative some of these people were, uh, and there was just everyone bringing their own personality, and even there were some people who were making the same things like jewelry, but it was so cool to see one person's take versus another person's take on what essentially is the same product, but ended up being something so completely different from each other. Uh, but at the same time, there were 200 of these people, and it was cool just to stroll down and see all the different, you know, viewpoints that people have to offer through these, what were mostly artisanal uh, creations. And one of the things that I didn't mention was that there was plenty of live music. And so what's super cool about the music 
is that we're a radio station, and one awesome thing that we get to do on this show is play some local acts that might not get exposure elsewhere, because it really is important at the root of it to be promoting the local so that people anywhere, especially in Kingston, have the chance to showcase their creative talents. So with that in mind, we're going to be playing an artist right now. Their name is Piner, and this is the title track off of their album The Breaking Point, which was released almost a year ago to the date it was released on June 22nd, 2018. Once again, this is Piner with their song Breaking Point. Closed off places Let the world see Let the world see about to burst 
That song was The Breaking Point by Piner off of her album from last year called The Breaking Point. What a surprise. And so, now moving on from some of the music in Kingston, of course, I couldn't be talking about cultural events that are going on in Kingston without mentioning some of the Canada Day celebrations that were going on yesterday. And so that's awesome. That was a 152nd birthday, I believed of Canada's celebration of Confederation. So what's, you know, Kingston doing about this? They had some parades going on downtown. There was some great celebrations. There was music down at Confederation Park all day. And then to top it off, just over top of Lake Ontario, there was a beautiful fireworks show. And fireworks are one of those things that are impossible to convey over radio just how visually and aesthetically pleasing they are but one thing i can do is play you this quick snippet of some firework noises so that you can feel like you were there that night So that's probably enough fireworks for one session today, but uh, it was an absolutely stunning show that they put over uh, top of Lake Ontario there, and just the grand finale with booms and pows left and right. If you didn't make it down, make sure to check that out next year, because it's, it's a beautiful show. So I did mention that there was some music playing all day at Confederation Park, and again, one of the things that I really strive to do at this show is to highlight some of the local acts that are coming through, and of course, if they're playing Confederation Park, that's a band that the city of Kingston wants to promote, so for those of you who weren't down at Confederation Park, one of my favorite bands that did play there that day, this is The Wilderness, who played there on Monday night. And this is the song of theirs, Dancing in the Dive Bars, from their last EP called Seminary Road. I'm the king of the deadbeats, and you're the queen of the cheap seats. We're gonna spend all the money that our landlord needs from you and me. We'll wear our fanciest clothes and walk out in the snow and and north of the main drag where the cab drivers drink alone Let's go dancing in the dark bar On the darkest side of town 
You are listening to CFRC 101.9. I am Michael Ashton Smith, and this is 
Life of Kingston, where we take a look at all sorts of arts and cultural events happening in Kingston, in your community, so that you guys can get involved too. We just heard the song Dancing in the Dive Bars from Seminary Road EP from the band The Wilderness. And I'm highlighting them because they were there at Confederation Park for the Canada Day celebrations, which I'm just realizing now makes a lot of sense why there was music at Confederation Park for Canada Day celebrations. Maybe I'm just silly. So that's a recap of some cool events that happened last week. There was Pickleball Championships, there was Art Fest Kingston, there was the Canada Day celebrations, uh, and now we're going to be moving on to some stuff that's going to be happening this week. So uh, one thing that I've dedicated a lot of time to this week is an interview that I have with some Cirque du Soleil performers, and they're going to be in town this week performing uh, their show Crystal at the Leon Center. And what's absolutely fascinating about this show compared to some other Cirque shows is that it's completely on ice. So, you know, if you've seen Disney on ice, just combine that with Cirque du Soleil, and you've got a pretty cool performance. And so I reached out to some skaters who were in the show and they actually came out to our little station here in Lower Carruthers Hall uh, for an interview and so we've got about a 20 minute interview talking about the tour, talking about the show, talking about you know some of their training and so in this interview we have Danica Gagnon-Plamondon who is actually the skater playing the main character in this show and I found out after the interview that the main character actually rotates because it's like a physically demanding role. So the skater that plays them actually changes from, you know, venue to venue, which I found surprising, but nonetheless interesting. And we're also joined by Yordas Lee, who is a figure skater with Cirque du Soleil's Crystal, and then also the uh, tourist publicist, Fred Moret. And without further ado, this is the interview. So Danica Gagnon-Plamondon is a trapeze artist, an aerialist, and an acrobat hailing from Montreal, Quebec. She went to National Circus School, also in Montreal, which helps train artists to develop the skills and connections necessary to make it as a professional circus artist. Uh, that seems to have worked out for Danica, as she's now the main character in Cirque du Soleil's new show coming to Kingston, Crystal. And so what's different about Crystal than other Cirque du Soleil shows is that everything is done on ice. And so today we have Danica in with us to talk a little bit about the magic behind Crystal. And we're also joined by Yordis Lee, another Canadian all the way from Vancouver out on the West Coast. And she's been training in ballet, contemporary, and jazz ice dance for 10 years. And she's traveled all over the world as part of various productions before joining Cirque du Soleil for Crystal as well. And then lastly, we're also joined by the tour's publicist, uh, Fred Moray. So, hi guys, glad to have you on hi. the show today. Hi, good morning. So, before we get into anything Cirque du Soleil related, let's talk about yourselves and your backgrounds. Uh, so, my first question is for you, Danica. There's yep. a lot of career paths out there, uh, but trapeze artist doesn't usually jump to the top <laughs> of most people's lists. Uh, so, what got you into trapezing? Um, for me, it was kind of a natural uh, process. I started gymnastics when I was seven years old. And then at 14, I just heard about that circus school and I thought it was so cool. So I did the audition to uh, be part of the high school program. Um, so I just started doing a little bit of everything. And 
I just started doing swinging trapeze and fell in love with it. So I was really lucky to be able to, you know, really know that that's what I wanted to do as a career. So I just continued uh, training with with my coach and at school. And um, so I did six years at the National Circus School. And then I've been working for 11 years now. So time flies. Um, and it's, yeah, it's been really great. So that's been like a lifelong passion for you then. Yeah. Uh, so in terms of how that's built up, how did you kind of translate that into a job with Cirque du Soleil, which is you know, one of the most well-renowned mm -hmm. circus acts out there? Um, so I did another production with Cirque before Crystal, and um, I was just lucky. It's a small world, so you kind of know people. And uh, I, I had worked with the directors of Crystal before in another show. Um, so we both, like, we knew that we worked together uh, well. So I was lucky to be part of the creation of Crystal. And um, what they asked me for this show was to try and do my tricks with skates on. Um, so I tried to like give it a go and um, I kind of had to relearn my tricks a little bit and it was it was doable so it was a good surprise to see that you know something that had never been done before or actually I had never seen before uh, was doable and it's it was nice too because you know swing trapeze you do your tricks and you just at one point it gets to it gets to a point where there's not much more you can do. So to do everything with skates on, it feels very special. And so Yordis, you kind of came from the other path. You were more of an ice skater turned circus artist. Mm -hmm. So can you talk about that experience and how you got into ice skating as a career? Because that's also, I guess, a non-traditional career path. It, yeah, um, it started when I was seven as well. Uh, what I was told by my parents is that I was a hyper child and never wanted to sleep, so they put me in multiple activities. And in the end, I was gravitated, I gravitated towards ice skating. So I stuck with that one discipline, and I went through kind of the competitive stream in ice skating. So my dream was to go to Worlds and the Olympics and um, to represent Canada on the world stage. And then eventually, when that career or I decided not to compete anymore. Um, I wanted to perform still. So I went to the professional side and became a show skater. And so I started on cruise ships with Royal Caribbean and did um, shows like all over the world, like Germany, uh, sort of like Disney on Ice and Holiday on Ice, that kind of stream. And then um, I applied to Cirque when I heard that they were opening their first show on ice, and that seemed like a dream come true because Cirque is, you know, world-renowned, as you said, and um, one of the best companies putting on shows. So uh, it is like a legend in Canada, so I just had to at least try. And at first I applied about two years ago and didn't hear anything, and a couple of years later they came calling and asked if I would like to join the team. And of course, I, I said yes. And so then I guess a question uh, for both of you, uh, you guys were kind of specialists in one area and then you guys would have had to require to learn each other's mm -hmm. I guess, specialty. Mm -hmm. uh, what was that process like of learning a new discipline for this show specifically? Um, it was really fun because we like acrobats have a lot of respect for 
figure skaters and I think vice, vice versa. Um, so it was really fun to learn from the best how to ice skate. We were all, um, we had classes every day during the creation, like an hour or two of ice skating every day. And some of us had skated before, some no. So it was a really interesting process, but it was definitely very fun to, to learn from the very best. Yeah. Um I uh, have huge respect for the acrobats because they came from really no skating background. And so I cannot imagine having like someone come to me and say, hey, you need to do backflips and fly through the air and do it on the world stage in front of everybody. And who and like, I just can't imagine. So it's like kudos to them. Like, um, it's amazing. Um, fortunately for me, I didn't really have to learn backflips so much like flipping through the air and so forth although I do skate with a partner who lifts me and stuff but um, uh, putting it on a in a circus atmosphere was very new for me and it was amazing like to see how they work and how disciplined they are like committed it's incredible and there are also acts in the show where it's really both together. So um, like mm. Crystal at one point flies uh, through the air with um, in the straps act. So yeah. you will see definitely a, a mix of acrobatics and skating together flying through the air. Mm -hmm. And so how intense was that training, I guess, getting up to speed? Because like I, I played hockey for, mm -hmm. I guess, 10 or so years. And like that took me a while to learn how to skate. But... I guess you would have had to do it really, really quickly. Yeah, well, the, you know, like all the crazy tricks, we still leave it to them. Um, for me, it was more because when I do my trapeze act, I play Crystal, which is the main character, and she's a skater. So it was just to look good enough so okay. people wouldn't see that I am not a professional. <laughs> but all the, the crazy twist on the ice, I leave to them, and I do the crazy <laughs> twist in the air. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so let's, I guess, talk about the show now. So you're the main character of Crystal, and obviously being a Cirque du Slave production, there's a lot of acrobatics. Uh, so let's let's also talk about the story. Uh, mm -hmm. So I guess you might be best to talk yeah. about some of this. So what are some of the story elements that we'll see in Crystal? Yeah, so with this show, it's very special. We have a very clear storyline. So we follow the lead character through uh, her journey. Uh, so we follow Crystal, and um, as she kind of, try to discover who she is, uh, she's looking for a purpose in life, uh, She and she meets different characters uh, along the way that helps her, pushes her uh, to find who she is. So at some point she's going to meet her reflection, uh, that is kind of her dark side, her alter ego that really pushes her, and to see that she has what she needs to be herself. Uh, so it's a beautiful storyline that everybody uh, can really relate to. Uh, and so I guess like there's, I read there were four acts in the show. Uh, well, there's two, like two half of the show and okay. there's uh, different acts in in those two uh, part of the show, if I can say. Uh, so you'll see a strap act, you see extreme skaters uh, jumping from ramps, and then you're going to see a uh, hand to trap. So something very special, something very new uh, for a, a circus show. And then you'll see beautiful uh, ice skating choreography. Um, you see, So I don't want to say too much to keep some surprises. But uh, yeah, a, a lot of different and beautiful acts. 
So I guess the one question that I, I had that was at the top of my mind when watching some of the trailers was I saw some people who were lifting skaters by the skates. How are they able to do that? Like, with, like just logically, how do their hands hold up skates? Um, I think it's, you know, like the blades are very sharp underneath. Yeah. But when you grab on top, not too much. So uh, I think it, it was just a question of training it. Um, but it was a process during the creation to understand how we could do everything on ice because if we are not wearing skates, we're wearing crampons, uh, like shoes with crampons, so we're able to um, to run around. And, you know, sometimes the porters will have people on their shoulders, so we need protection. It was just like a whole process of figuring it all out. But, um, yeah, I guess you guys are, are used to being lifted with skates in, in your partner's yeah, suite. It, <laughs> I, I guess, like, trial and error, <laughs> really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, the show... Uh, this is Cirque's first ice show. So blending the two worlds where neither of them really knew each other, uh, trying to figure out, like Danica said, how to flip with no skates on and not slip. So they wear special shoes to grip the ice and then vice versa, like skaters trying to work with people who don't have skates on and not hurt their feet while we're skating around them. So, but trial and error. Yeah, <laughs> really. And there have been a lot of workshops in, in the creation process. So they they train with acrobats, they train with, with skaters, even before the, the artists came uh, to do the, the real staging and creation, uh, just to see what's possible. So they, they figured out many tricks. Not all the tricks made it to the show. So, um, mm -hmm. so yeah, they I guess, like you said, it's an experiment. Trying. Yeah, experiment. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and so then, I guess, bring back to the tour. You guys have been on the road for quite some time now. Mm -hmm. uh, the show started sometime in 2017, yeah. I believe. So that's a couple of years going now. Yes. Yeah. So we started in October 2017, and we've been touring since in North America, so Canada and in U.S. And so, what's that process been like? How in, how intense has that been over the years? Yeah. It's been a good process. So in an arena show, we tour one city per week, uh, and then we have two weeks off every ten weeks or so. Uh, so it's a yeah, it's a good challenge. Maybe they've been longer uh, on tour than me, but uh, uh, yeah, I think I, I had toured before, but never every week changing cities. So for me, uh, I didn't know what to expect. I thought maybe it was gonna be super tiring or but actually you just kind of get it into a routine of it every Sunday you travel to the next city we get as artists we get Monday Mondays and Tuesdays off usually and so we get to discover the city so it's actually a very nice ex like experience to to get to travel so many cities in a short period of time and so what does the training look like? I guess you have to keep up with the training in between productions, mm -hmm. right? So what does that schedule look like? Uh, the schedule is pretty tight. Uh, every Wednesday there's validation. So uh, the schedules are more or less always the same and we get training time. Um, but at this point it's a little bit more of um, maintaining the tricks and you on your own have to be ready for the show and so it's a lot of personal training and personal maintenance of your own body and mental health um, but there is definitely training like I think you guys skaters have a f like some time every day to, to skate on stage yeah um, when 
pretty much from Wednesday to Sunday, uh, we get the opportunity to train for a couple of hours before the show. And in addition to that, uh, off-ice training as well. Um, like Danica said, it's like maintaining because also there's a point where you can't overtrain and then you're in, you're hurting yourself before you even are doing the show. Mm-hmm. So um, it's a fine balance of trying to find to keep you strong and also maybe developing as well, but not overtraining your body as on top of that because it's a grueling schedule. Uh, before we even get to the show at seven thirty, uh, we've already put in several hours at being at the venue. Um, either doing physio or um, off ice or strengthening or training on the ice. So it's a long day. It's very long. Costume and makeup. makeup. Costume <laughs> and makeup. Actually, yeah, it yeah. takes a while. Take? Uh, makeup for me now, it takes maybe an hour and 15 minutes plus the hair. So I take a good hour and 30 minutes maybe for that. Because every, um, I don't know if anybody knows that, but every artist, is doing their own makeup so it's uh, there's no makeup artist on on tour with us they're all, uh, we all very well trained <laughs> makeup artists yeah i remember when i first learned the makeup at uh, headquarters in montreal it took me over two hours learning how to do the makeup but with practice and time you get faster but yeah. it, it's long yeah uh so then i guess in terms of the media stuff you guys probably do these types of interviews a lot is that every single week you go to a new city and you do a media interview like this mm-hmm. well we have the chance to have uh, many good artists uh, that can do uh, interviews and depending on where we're going uh, sometimes we have a local artist so that's that's always nice so okay. both of them are Canadian so right now of course they're they're gonna do some interviews <laughs> with me <laughs> but yeah no they're all very well media trained artists so that's good <laughs> And then uh, I guess last thing about the show is like this is a radio station. We love to talk about music. We have some other people doing a music show in that room over there right now. Uh, so in terms of the music of Crystal, that adds another element like this grandeur. Uh, so I guess how does the music change throughout the acts of the show? Yeah, well, what's very special with, with Crystal is that we, we integrate some pop songs in the show. So that's a real first for Cirque. Uh, normally we're, we're used to having kind of the, the Cirque du Soleil language in the songs. Um, but the, this show, so we include four pop songs that you'll, you'll recognize during the show. I won't, I won't tell you what it yeah, is. No um, but uh, so that's a very first. And then we have original also music throughout the show. And it's really depend of like the intensity of the, of the act and uh, the kind of atmosphere they want to put around the act. So for example, the Rams act it's very like hockey playground, so it's very joyful and, and energetic music and kind of a little Canadian, a little bit with the <laughs> violin and the, the, the rhythm that we can hear. Uh, so we have a live band too, so yeah. it's, it's nice. Like they get to really follow our tricks and it makes it more... Uh, like and the musicians actually skate as well. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, so that's, we have three and so, musicians and... Uh, and yeah, they, they do skate. Yeah, <laughs> skate so. Do they do tricks while they play, or is that no, a little bit much? No, well, one's <laughs> a little ramps. They might, yeah, 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 but. Uh. So then I guess uh, 
in terms of, uh, I guess bring back to the media promotions, you guys are doing a trolley takeover tomorrow, so you'll be going through... Today, today. Today? Yep. Okay, so that's today. This segment will air tomorrow, so yesterday for our listeners. Yes. Um, so can you talk a little bit about what that trolley takeover is? Yeah, so there's a, around the city, there's a really nice trolley, red trolley. Um, we, if I can say, we were there yesterday with two artists, a hand-to-hand duo uh, that just took over and, and did some crazy tricks in the in the trolley and visited the city. Uh, we took some pictures around the city. So, uh, yeah, it's how to adapt with each city and find what's special in, in every city. So, yeah. So, yes, uh, just before we can talk about that, just before we talk about the actual uh, show itself and where people can buy tickets and yeah. find the show, uh, you said there's something special about every city. Yeah. So can you guys talk about some of the highlights that you've seen from these cities that you've done on your tour so far? Yeah, so we always try to find a link with the show in every city. Um, so, for example, we went to Everett not long ago and in the show there's so the strap act that Danica was talking about with the main character Crystal and her love interest so she at some points in the show she meets her love interest uh, so in Everett there was a beautiful I would say sculpture of like books and and kind of love story so we kind of put a Took, took pictures with it. So we tried to always try to find what's linked with the show in the city. So for example, the trolley here in Kingston, well, we have in the show a comic character that's kind of driving a small trolley on the in the show. So it was kind of a the link that we found with the show. Um, I don't know if you're, you've been doing a lot of VR events, so I don't know if you have a Yeah, no, I think, I think you explained it well. Um, there's always special places for the show and also for us to, you know, just discovering a new place or it's, it's always surprising because we don't, obviously we don't know this, these cities in advance. Some we had, we have been to and some it's just discovering. Um, so sometimes it's just walking around and seeing something cool and wanting to uh, improvise around it. So uh, I think it's a little bit of, of both of just discovering cities. And so I guess that's, pretty much uh, all the time that we do have for today. So suppose that some of our listeners did miss this trolley takeover and they didn't get to see you going through the streets of Kingston, but they still want to see the show. Uh, they can still catch you at the Leon's Center. Yeah. And you'll be there from July 3rd to the 7th. Exactly. Yeah, we have seven, uh, seven shows. So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday at 7.30. We have two shows on Saturday and two shows on Sunday. So yeah, of course. And there's still tickets available for every performance. And so those will be at about 3.30 in the afternoon and then uh, at, later at So night. at Saturday, it's 4 and 7.30. And then on Sunday, it's 1.30 and 5. Okay. And so uh, everyone can come to these shows, of kids, course, adults. It's, yeah, it's a show for everybody. So everybody f- will find something that they're going to love in the show and they can relate to some from all age. Mm-hmm. What's something that you love about the show? I think it's, it's the beautiful blend. It's not for, so the, the blend of the world of acrobatics and, and the ice skating is just so beautiful and the music and the colors. I just love everything about the show. <laughs> and I guess for you guys as well, like, is there one particular element of that show that really sells you on just how amazing it is? Um, I 
think, well for me I just always love watching the skaters do their thing and uh, like Fred said, uh, there's beautiful projection too that's being projected on the house and on the ice so it's just like a whole atmosphere together. I don't know if you have a... It's a, it's a really special magical package of a seamless blend of so many different art that comes together. It, it's not forced, it's, it's just like a painting watching on ice with so many different elements. So it, it really de uh, delivers the wow factor. Yeah. Um, I've never seen anything like it. Like with the circus acrobats doing these dangerous tricks on ice, it just adds that little extra danger element to it. So, so it's just everything pretty much. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. a whole package. I can't name one thing. Yeah, yeah, I think there's different emotions if you're looking for mm -hmm. the wow factor or if you're uh, looking for the poetic factor, the music. Um, it, it's just a large range of emotions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's about all the time that we do have for today. Thank you so much to Danica, Yordis, and Fred for your time today. Uh, so I've seen trailers, it looks amazing. And anyone looking to see this event can head on down to CirqueDesolet.com slash crystal to find tickets, right? Yes. And uh, I think they're also available on Ticketmaster? Yeah. Okay, awesome. Uh, and so there's plenty of information down there in case you do want to attend the show. Uh, and so I'll have to leave you guys to your trolley takeover yes. for today. Uh, thank you so much for your time coming in today. Uh, thank are there you. any last comments that any of you guys have for No, I the hope show? that everybody uh, will hear us and, and come and see the show. It's uh, it's for everybody. And uh, yeah, it's a. We like having people out there to share yeah. the moment with. So, of course. Yeah. Awesome. And as a show that promotes arts and culture in Kingston, it's great because this seemingly blends so many different elements mm -hmm. of arts and culture. And it's just exactly, yeah. awesome to have you guys in here. Yeah. Thank, well, you so thank, you. Yeah. thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, guys. Yeah. Thank you. So, it was awesome having the crew in from Cirque du Soleil here in the studio. I guess not the whole crew, but two performing artists and the tour publicist. Up next, I want to get a song in quickly while we still have the time. This is a local artist by the name of John Rose. He's a singer-songwriter. This song just came out. Absolutely love it. It's called Average Rake. I will never tell you how to feel, no, no. And sometimes it's good to cry. Wanna get a little high Please don't forget my face Take me with you into the night Seems so cold to break That lonely little heart so light I'm not parting no seas Looking for a living and they only want to give you 
a thousand ways to die Please don't leave me alone But don't you smother me like a child Seems so cold to take that lonely little song so light local Kingston artist John Rose with his latest single Average Rake. And so now that we've looked at some stuff that happened last week, some cool music, and then an interview with the Cirque du Soleil people, a key part of this segment is at the end just recapping some cool events that are going to be going on next week that you guys can check out. So on top of obviously Cirque du Soleil, which is a significant arts and cultural event happening in Kingston over the next week until July 7th. We also have the Kingston Buskers Fest, which is going to be happening down near Market Square, and you're going to be seeing so many different types of buskers showing you their cool, creative, weird, and quirky talents. And then on top of that, we have the Adult Beverage and Deep Fried Food Festival, which isn't in Kingston, it's in Napanee, but that's an event that's so cool I couldn't help but just be intrigued by it. So there's going to be plenty of beers, plenty of awesome deep fried foods. If you haven't tried fried pickles, that's one of my favorites. And then musically speaking, there is music in the park, which happens at Confederation Park. And usually there is one concert or so per day. This week, I think there's a break, but you can find more information on that at downtownkingston.ca slash events slash 2019 slash music in the park. That's all the time that we do have for today. Thank you so much for tuning into Life of Kingston and for supporting your local arts and culture scene. 
I'm Michael Ashton-Smith. You're listening to CFRC 101.9. Thank you and have a great day. Hey, do you have two minutes to spare? Kingston 15 and Fairness wants to gather information about the impact of Bill 47 on workers in our community. Bill 47 is the legislation passed by the Ford government in November 2018, which cancelled the minimum wage increase and made other changes to the Employment Standard Act in Ontario. How did this affect you? Check out our survey on kingstonwork.ca and let us know. On those days with nothing to do, what gets you out of bed? Caring for a plant is not only motivating, it improves your quality of life. You know they help keep your air clean, but what else? Working and studying around plants increases your concentration, memory, and overall happiness. They reduce eye strain and promote mental well-being. You don't need a green thumb. Cacti and other succulents are low-maintenance options. Stimulate your life. Get a plant.